the project, Kuwait, learn, learn, Hey guys, welcome to the project. So today's episode was completely unplanned. The boys are still away and I sat down with my friend Fala to show her a little bit about the gadgets um, and some of the work behind podcasting. What I didn't know is that it was going to turn into a great life chat and I am so glad that I caught it on record. So Fala is one of the minds behind a collaborative workspace here in Kuwait called Community. And Community is special to the project because it is the place where we recorded our first podcast and it's also the space where we networked with our first interview guest. So the mission of community is to empower people, to connect them with each other, to network, and to share ideas openly with the idea that they will make things come to life together. And I think they're nailing it. They're doing a great job because the project has definitely experienced that mission. As soon as you walk through the doors, you're going to feel values of diversity, of innovation, of creativity, kindness, and honesty. And you're going to feel that when you listen to this conversation with Fala, who is a beautiful soul behind this space that is here in Kuwait to help people learn, develop, and collaborate. All this and more in today's episode. Introduce yourself. Oh, this is one of the toughest questions ever. <laughs> I find it hard talking about myself. Do you? It is hard. It's very weird. Especially, um, yeah, writing... Um, I had to submit like a, a treatment services list and like resume stuff recently. And I find all that stuff just really freaking hard to kind of go back and just be like, what have I done? And what am I good at? Like that whole kind of like promoting yourself and skills. Why do you think that is? Why is it hard to acknowledge or to even speak about things that we've done or things that we're even proud of? I don't know. I think it was, it used to be easier back in in uni when, I mean, when you're starting off because your life is kind of definable in a way. It's like, okay, this is my major. This is what I do. And then when you get out there after you're done with everything, it's like, what am I? What am I going to do with my life now? So when you're working towards like a, a major specific skill, like that becomes part of the identity and it makes it a little bit easier to, to talk about, you think? Or I mean, yeah. I mean, if you actually know what you wanted to do when you left school, let's say, for example, when you graduated, it's like you're, okay, I'm a marketing major. This is what I'm going to do. And this is my expertise. But as when it comes to me, like, okay, I'm an entrepreneur. So what do you actually do? It's like when you're an entrepreneur, you're actually doing a bit of everything. Yeah. So you kind of actually lose yourself in the process sometimes. Yeah. It's like, okay, am I this? Am I that? It's like, so it, this is where it comes to, it's hard to define yourself. I could say like, I'm a kind person, but should you be saying that? I mean, people should point that out to you, right? Wouldn't that make you feel full of yourself in a little bit? I don't think it should make you feel full of yourself. No. I think that that's I'm totally a something kind, too. awesome person. I think Everybody you want to be loves a kind person. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know if you ever got into Saturday Night Live skits, but like the Stuart Smalley character. And he's I like, so. all about the affirmations. And he's oh, like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. kind, I'm smart. And gosh darn it, people like me. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes, okay, you would say that like in your head or staring at a mirror. That's what they say with affirmations. Like, just stand there and tell yourself, like, have you ever those, done it? No, but I have admired myself. It's very powerful when waking you Waking up in it's the weird. Really? Yeah. Like waking up in the morning, it's like, you got your shit together. So don't worry about anything. Okay. You got this. And then I would find myself crying in my car. <laughs> 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 10 minutes after that, it's like, what happened? I just got my shit together. When but, uh, I went to Bali this last time, I uh, saw like an acupressure healer. Yeah. And he talked a lot about affirmations. 
And that was like part of the homework that he had given me was that I needed to look myself in the mirror and I needed to say, I love being a woman. Really? (laughs) And like, I love and approve of myself were the things I needed to say. Um, And it's like, it's weird at first. Like you just kind of smile and feel a little bit weird. But like, if you practice it like a daily kind of thing, it's, it is very bizarre, but it, it does have a very powerful effect. And it's like, why is it hard to say those things? And why is it weird to... But you actually feel something feel great after it. I mean, yeah. it, it, to me, you you're, you saying that to me, it's like, isn't it a cliche in a way? Mm. Isn't it like something like they they keep preaching in media and Oprah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everybody is like, love yourself. Okay. What is loving myself? I mean, this is this is actually tough. Let's talk about this. I find this hard. Of what is loving yourself? Yeah, it's like, this is, isn't it like part of affirmations, like standing in front of a mirror and like complimenting so, yourself? Yeah, it's not necessarily that. I think it's a, it's something that you want to become true. So it doesn't necessarily have to be true in the moment. It's just something that you want. Um, so you're, the more you put it out there, it's like the more likely you are to start to notice things around that idea um, or maybe do things that actually promote that idea. So it's kind of like, yeah, planting a little seed in a way. Mm -hmm. The thing with affirmations though, it is, it can be difficult because if you're saying that thing, you're saying it as if it is true right now, even though it may not be. So when you say it, your mind then, you know, the below the line, you know, kind of part of you is like, Mm. well, that's not true right now, but I don't love myself, you know, and you start like, you know, finding all the reasons. Exactly. So I, what I have found with some of them is it's better to say things like I am in the process of, and then whatever, you know, affirmation you want to go. So that way it's a little bit, it's more believable. Like, cause you are, you're like, I am in the process. Not every day I feel it, but I am in the process of it. And this is what I, what I still want to become true. Um, so there's, there's a couple of ways to go about it, but it's more powerful than saying something than just like. I wish I felt this yeah. way or I wish, you know, I did that. That one still leaves it up to like, it's out of my control. Mm. Whereas if you're saying something like I am, or I am in the process of, it's like, now you have to do the work that's associated with that. So isn't it like, like setting goals in a way? Yeah. If you're in the yeah. process of it. Yeah, I mean, I can relate to that. I'm in the process. Goal setting for sure. When I write goals, whether they're one year, five year, 10 years, whatever it is, I write them out as if they've happened. Okay. Like in 10, like by... Uh, let's say November, 2029, Mm. you know, I have whatever. And then I write in what the goal is, or I am doing this. And you write it in as if like, I'm doing it. It's a thing, not like I will have this, or I would like to be doing this or something like that. It's like, no, that's what I'm doing in 10 years. That's my future memory. And now I'm going to work myself backwards. So if that's what I want in 10 years, what do I have to have done in five years? What if things change? Like what if this is not something you wanted to do? This is a really good topic because I just had a conversation with this the other night with a couple of friends of talking about that. Like, so visions and goals, like I set this 10 year kind of guideline because to me, that's enough time to not be so absorbed in what's going on in my life right now that it allows you to dream a little bit, but Mm -hmm. it's not like so far fetched out there to where like, you'll just kind of wing it and do, you know, anything. So there's a little bit of realistic timeframe in there. But also like it is, it's a hard balance of looking at that and saying, that's where I want to be in 10 years, but also not being so fixed on the 10 year date of like, Uh so when you get there and it hasn't happened, like if I think back to when I was like 18 and if I look at like the goals that I had had for myself at 30, 
Oh, yeah. Like, very different than what I thought my life was going to be at 30. But there are things that are consistent. It's like, what feeling did I want to have, you know, with those goals and associated? And there was like independence, right? And there was like adventure and things. And those are things that I'm doing, Mm -hmm. right? And things that I'm getting. But maybe that specific thing that I had in that goal is not necessarily it. That's not how I ended up getting it. But the feeling that I was chasing or whatever – Kind of emotional attachment to it has always remained constant. So the things within the visions and goals, I think there's tons of flexibility in that. You like you may get like five years down the road and decide, you know what, I guess I really don't want this thing. Or there's life things that happen that totally change your perception. But I think it's still important to kind of look ahead and and see like where do I see myself going, Mm -hmm. you know, in five to ten years. And and that can help like developing a little emotional connection of of what you feel when you think about yourself doing those things. And I think that's what helps drive you. Maybe not necessarily the thing itself. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, when you, when you, when you're a kid or I don't know, when you're like 18 years old and you set goals and it's like, it always has to be like a five-year plan or a 10-year plan because you feel like you can actually, you're, you're going to live to that throughout that five years or 10 years. But to me now, okay, so I'm 30 years old now and it's like, I'm not looking like what I'm going to do next year. I'm looking next month or December or January. It's like, I, I wanted something that is actually close. Just, it just feels for me like it's more attainable in a way. Well, that's how you do it. I think you look the long term and you work yourself backwards. So mm-hmm. if it's like, if you know where you want to be in a year, mm-hmm. then yeah, it's like, okay, if that's where I want to be in a year, like what mm-hmm. do I have to have done within a month? What do I have to have done now this week mm-hmm. in order to get to that monthly goal? What do I have to have done today that gets me a step close to that? Like giving yourself dates for things. Like yeah. when I wrote my program book and everything like that, it was like, I got the idea that I wanted to do that. And it was like, okay, by the end of this month, I have to have the book written. Yep. And it was like, if I want by the end of this month, if I want this book, you know, written, um, by what date do I want it printed, mm-hmm. you know, and all that and putting those timelines down. So then it was like, okay, if this is that goal, then by the end of this week, by Wednesday or whatever, I need to have the chapter on this finished. Yeah. I need to have this topic. So then all my attention goes towards that topic of that mm-hmm. thing. And once you get that finished, then it's like you move to the next one rather than being like, oh, I have this entire book to finish. You get overwhelmed and then you yeah, end up getting true. like no work done day to day on it. Whereas if you just pick one little piece of it. True. And, and you just get committed that. to that. It's like you're yeah. just setting yourself a deadline that is attainable, which is actually, this is a, actually a good approach. Uh, Kuwait Poet Society started this thing here in Kuwait with Every November, I believe, um, every day they would have, actually, they would just like the beginning of November, the first of November, they would give you a list of topics and it would be just basically a word. So November 1st would be, let's say, just something random like Mm -hmm. walls, for example. And if you're a poet or somebody who enjoys writing, you would write something that, you know, talks about this or anything that resembles or reflects on a wall, whatever you want to you know, whatever you whatever feelings you have towards that word itself. Okay. As a poet or as a writer. Uh, so I actually like the strategy because I got accustomed to it. So I'm actually doing this right now. So we're on this. This is today's what? The 17th of November. So today's word is different from the one that is yesterday. So it got me into the habit of, oh, I have to write something today. I have to, you know, I have this word and I need to finish it by midnight. Okay. You know? And then tomorrow I would have another word. So yeah. So 30 What's days. What's the word for today? Ah, let me look it up quickly. Yesterday's was actually interesting. I think yesterday's was, um, yesterday's was numbers. And it's just so random, right? Just, like the word was numbers? Yeah, yeah, or just, just the word it was numbers. numbers. Okay, what did you write? Oh, do you actually want to? Yes. I might share that with you. <laughs> 
So he, no, he's actually a part of it. Yeah, yeah. He's actually the list for November, and they call it November. Okay, I like that. Which okay. is pretty cool. Yeah. So day one was healing. Day two was poison. Day three was names, and like he would just look at the word and and write what comes to mind. Exactly. Word association. Yeah. That's really great because it gets it's a small dose and it just kind of gets you in the habit of just taking action. True. Because True. That, because there's this is exactly uh, we had a previous conversation about motivation and inspiration and it was that that you're you're rarely lacking the inspiration or the motivation or the creativity or the things that like that true. it's taking the action that actually brings it about so just by making yourself sit down you have one word it's like go write what comes to mind and you'll find that as you start writing and just letting things come out it's almost like a meditation mm-hmm. and it starts to quiet the mind and then ideas and things come out and you kind of filter those thoughts that are associated with that out of your head and you probably come out with a lot of great ideas or like a calm sense uh, yeah, afterwards absolutely i mean i did this last year they had something similar in april and i loved it because i felt like a bit i was like static in a way and i was demotivated in so many ways and i've been feeling the the, the same way this year actually and when i got to this part i was like Khalas, i have something i can commit to and it just feels good by the end of the day that you have accomplished couple of lines but yet again you you met a goal mm-hmm. and I, I think I talked to you about this last time about like I started something last year when I joined circuit plus again uh, I've joined them since 2016 but you know with the injury and all so I started in October I remember it was like Halloween when I started and I did not reach the goal that I set for myself and it took me a year and it's like a lot happened throughout this year and I was like why? And I started like thinking about like what what happened in the middle of all of this that I couldn't reach my goal. And I had my ups and definitely had my downs. But I remember like my highest point was somewhere around January. I don't know if it was the New Year's or if I was in Hong Kong or something to do with that. But it's like when I came back, I felt like, uh, no, this is not what I had in mind. And I was a bit disappointed, you know, with myself. It's like because I took out this year to do something for myself and I did not achieve that. And I'm the kind of person who's like so hard on herself. It's like, you cannot be harder than me than I am on myself. You know? We're our worst critics for sure. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if it's something to do with uh, people say maybe you're a perfectionist or, you know, you like things in a certain way. You're very detailed and all of that. But it's just for me because it's, I would just, I don't know. It's like setting goals and achieving them, especially when it's personal. It's, it's, it has nothing to do with work. You know, work, you set yourself that deadlines and you get it over with. Khalas, you're done by the end of the day. It's work. But when it comes to you, it just feels something special. I don't know. It's it's part of growing, I guess. It's, 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 I don't compare myself to others. I just compare myself to fella who's last year, fella the day, the, the year before that. And, and that's yeah. part of it too, is that looking back and going backwards, I think is probably why we find that hard or maybe why we become our our worst critics because Mm -hmm. we're looking back at something like I've done it before and you're not there now and you're missing that part of it. And so rather than looking at it as like, where am I at now? And what do I have to do in order to get to, to whatever change you're looking for? Not necessarily get back. Mm -hmm. Um, but just accepting, yeah, of all the the life things that happen, like you mentioned, like injuries and things like that, like that's stuff that you can't plan for and you just have to adapt with. And I think that's where we get down on ourselves because we're like, oh, but I've been there before. And why is it so hard to get to it this time? And there's things that we don't think about of just like daily life stresses that happen, Um, you know, and then the body itself changes, you know, Mm -hmm. there's hormone changes and things that come along with aging and all kinds of stuff (laughs) that it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to go back to necessarily what I 
did when I was 22. <laughs> this, is the, this is the thing. Actually, I actually, I thought about this the other day. I was like, is this part of my body changing and my hormones changing that I, I can't recover as fast as I used to do before? Like, why am I very sore for the past couple of days? Like, for example, like, the, like a year, two years ago, I would like recover very fast and I would just get on with things, you know? Because lifestyle is different at that time. You know, how I guess. how active were you then compared to how active you are now? You know, maybe yeah. how was diet different? How was sleep different? How were... Sleep is know, a big thing. Everything, yeah. You know, oh you weren't goodness. as involved with so many different business. You know, that stress is, true. is a, It comes in a lot of different ways and that's something. So you have to... You have yeah. to kind of be patient with, with I those types so. of things. Yeah, Getting to know yourself. It's funny how you're trying to get to know yourself all over again. It never stops. A, it never Every stops. Age. As you said, yeah. like, okay, you're 30 years old. You think you got your shit together or figured out. It's like, nope. It doesn't work this way. Yeah. And there's going to be a time. Actually, it's like it's like chapters. With each chapter of your life, you're going to have to reevaluate things and, and, and look back at things. You're going to be lost probably like once every year all the time oh yeah <laughs> all the time yeah but it, i think if you're if you don't feel that way you're probably not challenging yourself enough you're probably not doing true. doing anything but um yeah no it it never stops because at every new stage of life it does require some adapting um and there's previous life experiences that you have that and those experiences shape your thoughts and ideas and beliefs mm. you know of how you're making decisions now um so the hardest thing is is really understanding where these decisions come from, you know, mm -hmm. is it based off of an experience 10 years ago that kind of burned me, um, or helped me, but yeah. not recognizing exactly how life is different now. And so it's constantly, you have to kind of travel back and forth of understanding like what's helped me before, yeah, what might be able to help me now yeah. and, and making your decisions, you know, really becoming reliant on how you, how mm -hmm. you feel within your, your body, you know, what your body remembers from. True. From my, my body always remembers traveling. Traveling works well for me. It makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, even if it's like a short trip, it's like before that, it's like, I'm dreading, oh my God, I'm going to have to pack. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to set things with work before I leave. And Assign things and all of that, but halas, once you're on the plane, it's like this is my happiest moment ever. Window seat, okay, you know, flight attendant, you know, trying to make sure I'm okay and everybody loves me on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> so I would, I would feel like relaxed. Yeah. I, I don't mind the airports and just it, it's just I don't know. It feels like halas, I'm, I'm, I'm detached in a way. Yeah, from everything that is from back home. Uh, no, I completely I just, get that. Yeah. And I think the trick is trying to find things within your daily routine or mm -hmm. within your life that kind of give you that same feeling. Yeah. Um, I mean, hotel hotel yeah. rooms, do, do they make you happy? They make me happy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I love my bed. I'm, I'm comfortable in my bed. I would sleep well usually. I mean, not recently, but usually. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. Something about this makes me feel like relaxed, you know, and 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 motivated and inspired. I don't know. I don't yeah. know because maybe feeling like you're obligated to do a lot of things here at home with your like family and friends or work and you feel like you don't actually really have a time for to sit down with your own thoughts and yourself because sometimes by the end of the day you're like um so drained out to actually figure what I want to do or set goals for myself or plans for yourself. So and that's I think that hits I on think, a big point of just the expectations coming yeah. from other places and it's it's being able to filter out, you know, what's urgent for other people, you know, yeah. it's not necessarily important and urgent for you. And how do you, oh. how do you kind of filter yourself from, 
taking on the stress of those things. Like usually where those, you know, why do you feel expected things? Are people actually saying it or do you feel there's some kind of a pressure? Like, again, where does that, that belief in things come from of why you feel you need to escape? Need to do. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's the correct word. Yeah. Yeah. Escape. Yeah. I don't know. I love traveling. You love traveling too. I love it. Yeah, it is. It's a, yeah, for me, it's, why do you do it? I mean, I just, I'm just curious. Yeah. Really just curious. Like, I just want to know what goes, I mean, it is a little bit of a, kind of what you're saying, like, I don't want to say an escape, but it is just like a fresh, fresh kind of start, you know, thing of like when you're going to a new place. And I think that there is just so much to learn and and to see and to do that Mm. um, it makes you feel kind of youthful and like learning things again. I think that's the draw to it is like, I'm just curious and I want to learn things and I want to get in this place. And I, I love to make it my home, like wherever I'm at. I'm yeah, just like, okay, cool. like I'm here right yeah. now and I want to, I want to absorb everything. And it's funny, this came up in a conversation with my roommate a couple of weeks ago too, about just why an expat lifestyle has worked so well for me over the last few years and probably why I am mm-hmm. so attracted to traveling. And it's, and when she said it to me at first, I was kind of like Ugh, rude, but <laughs> she had said, you know, maybe it's because like, we don't have a home. Like to go back to it. And I was like, what do you mean? I have a home. Yeah. I have a family. I have parents and yeah. siblings and things at home. But what, once we talked about it, it makes sense is the house that I grew up in, like I, my parents no longer live in. I no longer have. My parents are in, you know, different locations now. Mm-hmm. And so it's like I, you know, and I got rid of my apartment, my car and, you know, really everything back home. And so it's like, because I think I don't have that place that I grew up in, that kind of childhood, like no one in my family even lives in the town that I grew up in and, wow. you know, very few of my friends and things. So it's just uh-huh. kind of like when I go back home, it's still kind of like a vacation. Like Mm. I'm still kind of going to places that, you know, I get to learn and figure out and are kind of new. Um, So I think that makes it just a little bit easier to make anywhere a home. Like I've had to become very adaptable in that sense. Oh, I guess so. Um, But it's been, yeah, just kind of fun to just expand that further. I guess that's kind of how I grew up and how I kind of came into my adulthood, you know, after graduating from high school, it was like, then I went on to college and it was that lifestyle. Exactly. Like I, set up home really wherever I was at and it's you're like a global I get to do citizen. That. Yeah. I get to kind of do that all over again. So maybe that's just part but of it. But you're happy with that. I mean, I love it. Yeah. 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 So you but there is like a part homesick. of it, the drawback to it is like, there is always this kind of like temporary feeling in the, in the back of your mind. You're yeah. kind of just like, this isn't permanent. This isn't permanent. So I am getting a little bit more eager now, I would say, as I age in the last couple of years. Yeah. I am getting a little bit more eager to have a place like a home base like that permanent. I feel like I really can like set up in. I mainly just want like a patch of grass. <laughs> really? <laughs> I miss that. Like I love the apartment I live in right now. Yeah. I love all the natural light, but I really just want like a yard with a grill and just like no, that have some kind nice. of normalcy with that. You, you, you could always get like those artificial grass, you know, just yeah, <laughs> pretend. It's not the same. Just pretend. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> but would you actually like consider Kuwait home? There's a part of me that feels very much at home here. I feel very comforted. I, um, yeah, I there's a part of me that I feel very at home here, but again, it's very temporary. Like I don't think I could ever call this home base like for my lifetime or, you know, really establish Would you feel a family life or anything like that here? Hmm? Would you feel homesick like leaving? Yeah, when you leave Kuwait and you're like you're traveling, let's say you've been traveling for a while, would you feel homesick? Would you miss coming back here? I do like this. Yeah, I do mm-hmm. get excited to come back and to see see my friends and see my clients and things like that. Like I get excited to come back to work. And most of the time when I'm travel, like I said, I'm going to like learn things. So usually I'm joining a workshop of some kind or I'm I'm researching something. So I get excited to come back and implement that. 
And so I do get excited to to come back home. And when I think about Kuwait not being a home base or not being able to see my clients on a daily basis or not being able mm-hmm. to, you know, like have, you know, conversations with my roommates and friends and, you know, random little coffee chats and things like I, I do get kind of sad about that. But I think about the friends that I've left back home as well yeah. and I've kept in touch with, you know, Facebook people, does a great people job. People that matter. Yeah. <laughs> with like, you know, with, um, technology and things like you're never really that far away. What's hard is when I left the States and coming here, it's like people kind of assume like you're the one who moved away and left. So it's like the ball is always in your court to like mm. catch up with people or contact people or reach out or they kind of forget like because you move so far away, they're just like, oh, we're like, we're never going to get to see you. And it's like, well, oh. yeah, but no, but you can call like really easily and yeah. FaceTime. Like there's True. so many, so many easy ways. Yeah. Video so it's call. like, we're really not that far, but yeah. people just, they get this idea that you're, you're so far away on the map and they, yeah. And they just, I don't know, get kind of, uh, I guess an idea that you're not, you're not coming reachable back or something. Ever. Yeah. Or <laughs> things like that. Or even like when, you know, when we talk about coming back to the States and Everyone gets so excited, like, oh, you're finally coming home kind of a thing. And it's like, yeah, but, like, I don't know that I'm even going to move back to the town that I was in, yeah. you know, or wherever my family and things are. And so it's like, guys, the states are really big. So, like, realistically, like, no matter where I move there, like, I'm probably not going to see you on a daily basis anyway. You know, yeah. I'm probably going to see you as much as I'm seeing you now, yeah. you know, living true. halfway across the world. Yeah, so true. it's just really funny, the the perception. But if, if you had to live, like, somewhere apart from Kuwait, where would it be? Like, oh my God, this place, if I could like move there and live and set my life, have my porch and do barbecues. Copenhagen is a place that stands out because I just, I've been there several times. I've developed a good little group of of friends and things around there. And I love how pedestrian friendly the city Mm -hmm. is. I love how everyone is so active. So I've always kind of felt like Copenhagen's become like a little second home since being out here. But It's so hard because, like I said, I feel at home everywhere. Like when I was in Bali this last time, it was like I just adapted right in there. I'm like, I can get on with this pace of life for sure. (laughs) So it's like there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I would love to have a little, a little villa here or something. Um, There's there's so many places I can't really pick out one that I'm like, that's absolutely where I would go. I think of a lot of places in the states, like the Pacific Northwest is a location that I would like to go. Mm-hmm. Go and try living in. I think just being out here, one of the things I am so nature starved. Yeah. You know, I would love to just like get up and go for a hike. I would love to just, you yeah, know, I feel you. be outside a little bit more often. I think the Pacific Northwest offers a lot of that. So and it's not yeah. pedestrian friendly. So you don't get us to see walking outside or here in Kuwait. No. Yeah. Never. No, it's extremely difficult. Yeah. I, I miss, I miss, this is the one of the, the things I miss from traveling is, you know, just moving my body and just walking and walking down a cafe that is probably i don't mind if it's like five kilometers away mm-hmm. and i would just love to walk and, and that's would... going back to you know your environment having mm-hmm. a big impact on like your stress and things so you talk about like being frustrated about getting back to goals or feeling a certain way yeah. of recovering it's like what was your lifestyle like at those times like when you were studying abroad mm-hmm. like you know how yeah. much of an impact did that different environment have on mm-hmm. you know you say like that was around college time right where you felt like you were able to talk about yourself even easier. Like, yeah, does any I could of that define have to, myself easy yeah. back then. How much of that like, is related to just the environment that you're in? I guess so. Yeah, I would define myself to a certain level. I could say uh, I'm sarcastic. <laughs> Everybody knows this about me. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sarcastic. I enjoy reading. It's like sometimes I feel like you're, you know, your average Joe. Okay, I enjoy coffee, and you know, but a part of me because always feels like. 
no, there has to be like something special about me. What is my USP? I'm going to the, the business mentality. What is my unique selling proposition here? What is it? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm very sarcastic. <laughs> I think you have a great sense of humor. What, yeah. Um, but yeah, people are not offended by my sarcasm. So that's, that's good. No, not at all. Yeah. One of the best ways to get in touch with that too is just ask people that are kind of close and just say like, what's my superpower? Like what's... Yeah, because ask that tomorrow. It's it's nice to hear it from from other people sometimes. Yeah. And then you get really shocked sometimes. You're like, wow, I didn't know I had that kind of effect on people True. or I didn't know people picked this up about me. I've learned um, this actually last week. It's like sitting with my teammates and it's like, oh, Fafeta, you have a poker face. I was like, a poker I, face. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, I do. I love that. I do that. I, I love that. I have a poker face. So it's like I'm not giving a lot away. Silently because judging people. Ex- exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. It's like if I have a poker face and I claim to be a very sensitive person, and I do. I'm a very sensitive person. And I have you know high sensitivity towards things. I get sometimes emotional and. But it's like the fact that they very they, creative people often identify. Yeah, that way. I know we we suffer a lot, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah part part of it. It's like actually I was discussing this with a friend the other day, and I was like, um, I I was hard on myself for the fact of being sensitive because I felt like it hinders me from having relationships with people, and and maintaining I wouldn't say like friendship, but it's like having being vulnerable around people freely, and I was saying that. Um, it took me a long time, like years, to to be in peace with it. I still struggled with it sometimes. That, hello, so you have to accept the fact that you're a sensitive person, and and if people do not like that about you, screw them, basically. And uh, part of me being sensitive is me being creative, like in terms of writing, or in terms of you know applying myself to things, or or talking, basically. So. I enjoy that about myself. So if if I wasn't a sensitive person, I would miss on all of those other yeah, elements. You I want to feel. <laughs> I, I, it's I think like, some I, of it is that we get this idea that sensitive people are, I think it's kind of an association. I know at least the way I used to feel about it was like being, when people told me it's I'm sensitive or like you're so sensitive about things, uh, it would make me feel like they were saying like weak. you're weak. Yeah. 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 yeah I feel you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is like one of the things I struggled with. It's like, it's like I, I, I worked so hard on not being that. It's like to a point where I just wanted to be like it. a wall. Yeah. It's yeah. like, should I just like, you know, like pull myself from every emotion and just not feel anything. Yeah. And, but I, I couldn't help it. I'm the kind of person who would see a movie and I, I would get moved. Yeah. You know, I would probably tear up. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with All that. Right. But it's like, yeah, but it's like, yeah. and being vulnerable. Like when I talk about things, I could like talk about an experience or like a bad moment I have and I would like well up, you know? And uh, I don't know, maybe I don't want to like, you know, get people, you know, uncomfortable with it. And But um, it's just, it's it's part of me. It's part of who I am. And, and I felt like, as I grow older, I would just grow out of it in a way. It doesn't work that way. It just get more powerful. It's like, what am I going to do with this? It's so big. You're going to have yeah. to find a way to play with it then and yeah. grow with it. Yeah. So I, I had to come to peace with it, I guess. And just like, as you said, just own it. This is just part of who I am. I don't have to. There are some things, of course, I want to change about myself. But not change, like amend in a way so I could move with my life better. But this is, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to accept it the way it is. You need just, to respect. Respect exa- it. Yeah. Exactly. And if people have a problem with it, then, you know, buzz out with them. Yeah, exactly. I hey, Saad. Hello. Greg is here Hello. too. Hey, excited. <laughs> okay. 
Before we end this conversation, though, you have to read your oh my goodness your thing from yesterday. Now you have an audience. <laughs> I think for yesterday, uh, the, the last thing I wrote yesterday, or to or anyone that you want to share. Okay. Oof, so many of them because I've been consistent and such a good girl and <laughs> committed and all. Um, okay, I'll, I'll share the one I wrote yesterday, which is numbers okay. and what does numbers resemble, you know, to me. Um, it goes something like, even, seldom do I settle for odd. As much of a loner I may seem, I like them in pairs. Two scoops, two shots, four sets, ten reps. Even is a two-way street, and I like reciprocals. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's, How, that just came like yeah, out of the blue. You just saw numbers, and that's what you went for. Yeah, numbers. I so what does, I, I, I have a thing for even numbers. This is something that's like I'm going to share with you. It's like, I eat in even numbers. <laughs> Seriously? I do, yeah. It's like, I'm, if I'm going to have one cookie, no, I, I, I have two. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean I'm going to have one? And I want to have two. <laughs> What do you mean? I'm, it's like a scoop. I want to have two. That's good to know. I'm glad I know that about you. Yeah. Now. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I love it. But yeah, I eat in even numbers. So people live with it. You're going to love me for it too. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. This was fun. This was a blast. We should yeah, do this more should, often. Yeah. It's like a slumber party kind of thing. <laughs> All right. Pillow fight. No. <laughs> and that's right. a wrap. Thanks, Bella. Of course. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.